Live. Live from This is the Just End the Suffering Podcast. For the win. Got it! Oh! He broke his head. Follow me. Follow me to freedom. Here's your host, Mike Phillips. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the Just End the Suffering Podcast. you New York Sports Talk and a long-suffering fan. I'm your host, Mike Phillips. The second show of the week is coming out your way right now. Hope you listened to our episode earlier this week. We talked to Jerry Foley of G- the Giant Insider Newspaper and Podcast. Talk about the Giants at midseason as they're getting ready for their Week 11 matchup with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're going to talk more Week 11 football this week. We're going to do the Week 11 NFL picks with Colt fan Dandy Martini. We're also going to talk a little hard knocks, too, because... His Colts were the hard knock subject of the in-season one. The first episode dropped on Wednesday. We talked about it. That's at the end of the show, but we'll get it all started with our opening tip, where we're going to take a look at the NFL in Week 11 with a fun slate of games for once. We actually have something good coming right after this. Three, two, one. Y'all ready for this? The opening tip. Here we go. All right. Week 11 time here on the opening tip. Before we get there, I want to start with Jets Bills. And boy, that was a disaster. Mike White, the bloom is off the rose. Comes out, throws four interceptions. The Jets get embarrassed by the Bills at home. It was 45-13. It's the third time in four weeks they've given up 45 points. I believe it's the first time since the 1966 Giants that team's got that many points in that short a time span. Really bad. The defense couldn't make a stop. Josh Allen was doing whatever he wanted with Stephon Diggs. The Jets couldn't stop the run. They couldn't get anything going on offense. Got so bad, Mike White lost the job, and he turned back to the pumpkin. And at this point, it made sense why he lost the job. He didn't play well. The frustrating thing here is that the coaching staff decided different wisdom that with Zach Wilson not ready yet because they tested his knee out this week in practice. I said he's not ready until the week. We're going with Joe Flacco at quarterback. Joe Flacco starting this week makes no sense. And they're trying to sell you this story that Joe Flacco is a veteran. He knows how to read defenses. The Dolphins did all this blitzing that embarrassed Lamar Jackson and the Ravens a week ago. And Mike White's not prepared for it. Joe Flacco played the Prince of St. Dolphin defense last year and did nothing. And they just got shut out. All of a sudden, now he's going to decipher it and get the ball out on time? Please. Come on now. The more important thing here is the Jet defense. They've been bad for a month now. New England exposed them. Teams have realized that the only asset the Jets have here is that front four. With Quinn and Williams. With John Franklin Myers. With that rotating cast of characters. They're the only group that can get pressure on its own. So the Patriots are really the first ones to figure this out. They said, let's adapt. We're going to get the ball out quick the way the rush can't get there. The Jets don't have linebackers to cover. The secondary is young as hell. That's a problem. And that's why they're getting burned so bad. Because I think this is more of a talent issue than a coaching issue. Because the Jets don't have enough players back there. And I think you're basically asking Robert Sala and Jeff Ulrich to take some... Funyuns and ketchup and turn it into a gourmet meal. You're not gonna not gonna work. 
This Dolphin game is interesting, though, because they have Miami coming in here on Sunday. Miami's not an offensive juggernaut by any means. Tua Tagovailoa has struggled all year long. They are down key playmakers. No Devontae Parker. No Will Fuller. What do the Dolphins look like against this Jet defense? Are they exposing the Jets or the Jets bounce back? I think that's certainly worth watching here. Some other Week 11 games to keep an eye on here. We'll start with Packers-Vikings on Sunday afternoon in the NFC North. And that's a big game for the Vikings. Coming off that big win in LA against the Chargers. This is their season right here. They have to get this game against Green Bay. And Green Bay picked up a win last week in Seattle. Aaron Rodgers looked rusty coming off the COVID list. The Packer defense dominated. They harassed Russell Wilson. Pissed a shutout. Let's see what they can do here. I think this is a very dangerous spot for Green Bay here. I think Minnesota... They've been up and down, but they've been in pretty much every game. So, wouldn't shock me at all if the Vikings win this game. Another interesting game here in the 1 o'clock window, the Saints and the Eagles and Philadelphia. The fact that the Saints are underdogs here is weird because the Eagles have not looked great. Oh, the weeks, they have some wins. They've been able to run the ball well, but New Orleans has a cable defense. And I think New Orleans is more than capable of going on the road and winning this football game. So, would I be shocked if that happened? No. Are we talking about the Eagles win? No, because I don't trust the Saints. So those two teams really know who they are exactly. So we'll see. Again, the Eagles will favor by two in that game. It tells you that Vegas doesn't really trust them as a home as a home team here. The big game we'll get to in a little bit here. The Bills and the Colts. The Colts heading to Buffalo trying to pick up a big win to get over 500. The Bills fresh off the demolition of the Jets. This is a big game for Indy. They're in the wild card. They have to play Tampa next week. So they need to try to get a split here. We'll see what happens with them. The Washington-Carolina game. It's a lot of fun between two bad teams. Washington's 3-6. and six, Had the big upset off of Tampa last week. Ron Rivera going back to Carolina, taking on the Panthers, who have Cam Newton back under center. Cam Newton had, played a big role in that Carolina's big win over Arizona last week. We'll see who comes here, because that game could be barn burner. It could be awful. We'll see. The late games. Bengals-Raiders, 4-0-5. In Vegas. Any guess what could happen in this game? <laughs> I have no idea. It is the Bengals have fallen apart since the Jet lost. They lost two in a row heading to the bye. The Raiders, it seems like they have too many off-field distractions. The Henry Ruggs situation and cutting Damon Arnett sort of added to the circus atmosphere going on in Vegas. They've lost two in a row. And this is a must-win game for those two teams. Cincinnati's favored by one on the road, which, again, Okay. I would now nowhere near that game. I want no part of it. We'll see what happens. 425, you got the Cardinals and the Seahawks. Arizona hoping to get Kyler Murray back for this game. They got walloped without him against our Carolina last week. Seattle's in a must-win spot here. They're three and six. Russell Wilson looked bad coming back from the finger surgery. You figure now that we could practice back, them at home will help the crowd be into this one. Arizona needs to win this game because they've got to stay ahead of the Rams who are on by this week. They are 7-3. and three. So I think with this situation here, the Rams are watching this game hoping for Seattle to win. Seattle needs to win because they are trailing that last wildcard spot by two games. They can't be 3-7. and seven. If they are, I think they're cooked. They have to win this game. The game of the week here, Cowboys-Chiefs on Fox 425. The Chiefs came back to life last night against the Raiders. There was something different about them the way they started that game. They come out right away, bing, bang, boom, touchdown from Mahomes. 
Chiefs jump out early. Chiefs go ahead, and they run away with the game. Dallas also 7-2, running away with the NFC East. Make a big statement against Atlanta. Because remember, Denver comes out and embarrassed them at home last week. And then Atlanta comes in here. Atlanta gets smoked. Dallas just puts the gas pedal down, does not let go. They crush them, and this game's a lot of fun. This is a big road spot for the Cowboys. It's a buzzsaw Chiefs team right now that is in first in the division, needs some wins to try and get some momentum going here and get some separation from the rest of that pack. I think it's a lot of fun. I think we're looking at a very tight game. Sunday night, the Steelers and the Chargers. Pittsburgh coming off that awful tie to the Lions. Don't know yet if Ben Roethlisberger will clear the COVID protocol and be eligible for this game. The Chargers, I have no idea what to make of them. I thought they were loose to the Vikings last week. I was right. And the Chargers have not been the Saints that got smacked in Baltimore week six. They have been struggling mightily ever since. They barely beat the Eagles two weeks ago. Lost to the Vikings. Now they're six-point favorites at home against the Steelers with their defense. I don't buy it. I think this game's be very close. It's going to come down to the wire. It'll be ugly as hell on NBC, but I will be close. That should at least make it entertaining. And finally, we got the Monday night game. The Giants coming off the pie in a rough spot. Because Tampa now has lost two in a row. Looks like Gronk will be back for this game. Brady misses him so badly. This is about where the Giants really sitting here. So where Seattle is, where you cannot be three and seven and hoping to make a playoff run. They have to win this game in the worst way possible. And Tampa Bay, they are barely have the Saints in the NFC South. They have lost the Saints once. They are not going to lose three in a row. This going to be very hard. They're 4-0 at home. Giants have won one game on the road this season that was in New Orleans. It'll be interesting to see what the Giants do here off the bye. But up next, we'll get to our Week 11 picks. We'll talk some football, some Colts football specifically, with Dan Martini right after this. Show me the money. All right, show me the money. NFL picks for week number 11 coming to you on Football Friday. Join me today, uh, big time Colt fan, our golf guy, Dandy Martini is here. Dan, how are you? I'm doing great. Uh, just happy to be back. Um, I can say this now that the Colts are five and five, I'm feeling a little bit better about the season than I was a couple weeks ago. You mean you weren't feeling better when my team showed up and didn't play defense for about half the game? Uh, yeah, that was a really uncomfortable game to watch because it seemed like, you know, without just an unfortunate forearm and just or wrist injury that you guys would have been very much in that game back and forth. So basically any momentum that you guys would have gained from, you know, a great first half for, you know, against the Colts coming off of the last game against the Bengals. I mean, you guys would have been in a really, I don't know, just it's just so unfortunate. This is such a jet thing to happen. I guess that's why you call it just end the suffering, right? Yeah, that's that's true. And let's talk about your team for a bit because you guys had the big win over the Jets. A lot closer than I thought it was going to be because Jackson made to come back in the second half here. So you sure you keep cut the eye on that game. What's your big takeaway from the Colt Jack game? Um, you know, obviously this past week, you're talking about specifically for the Jaguars. Yeah. Um, you know, I just I felt like we got off to such an amazing start and to just keep going back into the same thing over and over again. I'm sitting there on that. What was it? The Monday night game against the Ravens. 
most people that are up by, you know, 20 plus points in the second half, you're going to feel pretty good. You're going to win that game. I knew they weren't going to win that game. I, I, I literally was sitting there saying this feels still like, like they're just going to carve us up. And Lamar Jackson did the same thing with the Jags. The Colts think that a 17, nothing lead in the first quarter, they're just going to coast the rest of the game. Guys on the other team are getting paid the same thing. So, you know, the fact that we can't finish games strong and like, why can't we just beat the Jags 41, nothing? Like, why can't we do that one time if you're a better team? And it's just the same thing over and over every week. The offense plays great. The defense is awful. The defense plays great. The offense is off. They can't put it all together and they have the talent to do it. So I don't know what's more frustrating, being a fan of a team that just truly doesn't have a ton of talent and you're just going to lose games or being like, a, what should have been a playoff team, no brainer. And you start the season, zero and three, and now you're fighting to get for a five and five. And it's like to have the talent, to have the, the that young nucleus and not be a better team. Man, it's just frustrating. You start looking at the coaches, you start blaming the GM, you start blaming whoever you can. And so that's why they call us the cardiac Colts because, you know, watching these games, it, it, the highs and lows just make your heart hurt. Yeah, for sure. I mean, right now, the Colts, they're in a decent spot in the playoff race. They're 5-5. Five and five. They got back to 500 this week. Their schedule down the stretch is not too, too hard. They have opportunity ahead of them here. So, plus the AFC, the bottom of it is a mess. I mean, you got the Bengals there, the Raiders there, the Patriots are warming up. But I don't know if I really buy them yet. So, where are you at where the Colts are sitting in the race? You know, I'm just nervous because look at the next two weeks. We have the Bills and the Bucks. So, all of a sudden we get back to five and five and we could very well be five and seven. And if you're looking at just kind of what the records will be this year, I mean, is 10 wins enough, you know, cause that's what we're looking at. If, if we essentially, you know, lose these next two games, which are, it's really easy to lose to the bucks and the bills. So I don't know. We've got to beat one of those two teams. And you would have said, arguably coming into the year, the bills were the best team in the AFC and the bucks were the best in the NFC. So it's not like you're, um, you know, I don't feel great about five. And I, if we stay six and six, I'm still feeling pretty good. Um, Cause I looked at the rest of the schedule and still having the Jags one more time and having the Texans one more time. And the, the Titans, even though they keep winning games, they are now I'm rooting for the Titans to just keep going. Like he don't, don't get back in the mix here and, you know, give some other opportunity, uh, up other teams, um, that opportunity to kind of sneak in as well. Like I, I might as well just cave and just give the Titans the division and, you know, let us duke it out over here. We need the Titans to essentially beat these other AFC teams that we might be competing for a wild card spot with. Yeah, for sure. And you mentioned the Bill game. I said they're going on Sunday. They're going up to Buffalo. Buffalo's fresh out that big win over my team last week. So what are the calls have to do here, in your opinion, to beat the Bills? You know, to be perfectly honest, it, it I, I've always thought we matched up well against the Bills. Um, I, I know a lot of people watched last year that playoff game with Phillip Rivers. I mean, if we showed in that game that we were just as good as them, even with, you know, 40-year-old Phillip Rivers. So a lot of our team is back. A lot of our team, I, I still think that we can, you know, we're getting better at containing mobile quarterbacks. I do worry about Josh Allen having time to throw. That's the thing that scares me. Um, our defensive line, like 
you know, if Ballard has screwed up in one area, it's the defensive line. We've got four defensive ends or kind of, um, you know, pass rush, pass rush specialists, sorry, um, that are just, that were all like second and third round picks. And none of them are really standing out right now. Our two rookies this year, Pei and Odengbo, both those guys look way better than what we're getting out of Ben Van. Ben Vanigo was a second round pick two years ago. He is healthy scratch right now for us. And he was supposed to be this freak athlete. So, you know, him and Kamoko Turi, if they don't do anything against Josh Allen, then we're going to get just demolished on defense because our secondary has played really, really poorly. Um, now, no Xavier Rhodes, but when Rhodes is on the field, he's been a liability as well. So, you know, I know he's hurt, but long story short here, we lost Julian Blackman for the year our starting free safety um it, and we just never i don't feel confident if josh allen isn't running for his life and we just haven't done that to any quarterback this year so i think the ways that we can score is with jonathan taylor because you know right now i keep saying every team is going to harp on him and keep him from running and he gets 100 yards before halftime so you know they said the Jaguars this week, everybody was prepared to stop Taylor. He had 93 yards in the first quarter. He makes guys miss and he can do so much more. But Carson Wentz is going to be the difference. If Carson Wentz can throw for 265 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions, no fumbles, I think we got a really good chance. I'm not expecting him to throw three touchdowns. I just need one and no turnovers. So that's that's we need to win this game by getting a lead and then holding it that's the only way we're gonna we're never gonna catch up if we're, if we're playing from behind yeah so we'll see what happens in that game one of the more interesting games of week 11 in my opinion let's get to the picks challenge the reason why you're here the great jersey joe arquino was here last week he went two and one he took the Ooh. lions getting the eight and a half points against the steelers and they covered obviously when the game tied he took the cowboys laying a nine and a half and he got that one running away he had a bad beat with the Titans laying the three against the Saints. I ended up winning by just two. So bad break there. He did go two and one. Okay. Well, that's, you know, honestly, really good week. I'm going to see if, if I can get two and one, I'd be pleased. So here we go. Yeah, I had a bad week. I had one and two last week. I had the Vikings plus two and a half my one win. They came out and beat the Saint, beat the Chargers out right in L.A. I took your guys, Dan. I had the Colts laying the points, and I thought it was good for a while. Then they just gave it up on me. And I had the yep. Rams on Monday night laying the four. So not a good, not a good week there. That Rams game is so like, it, it's so weird when that happens. Like there's, there was no reason for the Rams to lose that game in such a pathetic fashion, but I guess every certain weeks teams just kind of mail it in when you know, you're really good and you know that, you know, you're going to be there at the end of the season, you know, into the playoffs. So I don't know. That just that game made no sense, but it felt very much like if I was a, an active better, I would have stayed away to, from it because didn't that just feel like a trap game? I didn't I feel know. that way. I thought the Niners were, were very overrated and they proved me wrong last week. Yeah, well, I just I felt very much like the 49ers have had a, a they're better than their record and that's a division rival and I, I just something in my gut would have stayed away from that one. But hey, these things happen. Who knows? I could get all three of these wrong. So, yeah. So on the year, so while the challengers are 11, 18, and one, there's one push in there. And Ooh. yeah, I'm 15 and 15, not much better. I've been barely like, I've not been able to get above 500 from much of anything. So this is going to be, it's been tight the whole year. 
I mean, look at look at the NFL last week. Look at the scores. Look at what happened the week before when the Broncos go in and demolish. It's the NFL is impossible to predict. That's why we don't bet professionally all the time, right? Yeah, it's it's a it's this year more than there is a week to week league. Oh my gosh! I all three of these in my head that I'm that I've got locked in. All three of these, I would say, yeah, I know I would absolutely put money on these things. And I'm going to look like an idiot. So here we go. All right. Let's put let's put these picks out into the universe here. Since you are the guest, you can go first. Where are you going with pick number one? Sure. So I'm not sure if the line has moved, but I'm going to start with the Ravens giving five and a half against the Chicago Bears. I just can't. It's almost like you're looking at two quarterbacks who kind of want to play the same way. Lamar is at a point right now where I don't think the Bears have enough to contain him. I could see the Bears being feisty in this game, but I still feel like the Ravens are going to come away with at least a seven point, at least a six point win. So um, so I will lay the five and a half uh, in the Ravens with my first pick. Yeah, it's an interesting pick. I like the logic there. I do like the Ravens. The thing that worries me is obviously that they've been shaky the last few weeks. I mean, they should have lost to Minnesota. They got blown out by the bank by the Bengals a few weeks ago. They've not looked great the last about month and a half. Yeah, you know, it's the weather's getting a little bit colder, and I feel like the Ravens have the coaching and just the pedigree to say, okay, we had our couple bad losses. Let's pull, pull it together. We got to come out. We got to beat the Bears. This is a must-win game if you want to be, you know, a top seed in the AFC, especially with how you mentioned it's so muddled right now. All right, that's pick number one. You're going to pick number two. I'm going to take the Washington football team getting three and a half points. Um, I do think it's going to be a three-point game. Um, I very much think that this Ron Rivera connection between the Washington football team and the Panthers makes it really interesting to have Cam there as well. I think the whole Cam week week one back or whatever it was, just I think it looked gimmicky, and I'm not buying that like Cam Newton is just a hit back to his MVP self playing against, uh, you know, on a week-to-week basis right now. So I still feel good. I saw what the Washington football team did last week. Henneke did a great job of controlling the clock and and not making mistakes against the Buccaneers. So, uh, you know, that's a great win for them. And I think they keep it rolling this week and they stay feisty for their head coach. Yeah, it's really a fun game. What Washington did last week against Tampa Bay, it came out of nowhere. It'd be fun to see what they do with a follow-up. Absolutely, right? Like, now, once again, they could easily come out and get demolished. Um, you know, I just, at this point, I'm I'm saying that that Ron Rivera is going to have them ready to roll. So, All right, let's pick two. Where are you going with your final pick of the week? Final pick, uh, it's weird as a Colt fan to be, to be so high on the Titans, but I am going to take the Titans. I'm going to give 10 and a half, which is, I know, a huge number to give. But the Texans, I really don't think that they're in a position right now to come out and win a game against the the Titans have already had their bad loss against the Jets. So I'm going to say, you know, that the Titans at this point, Mike Rabel has done such an amazing job getting that defensive line organized. They're just going to terrorize whoever is is playing quarterback for the Texans and whoever is running the ball against them. I mean, I would not want any piece of that defensive line coming at me. So 
I'm going to go with the Titans giving 10 and a half. And, um, you know, I, I once again, not that I, I enjoy seeing the Titans be good, but I saw how bad the Texans are. Yeah, for me, I, that's a stay away just because I feel like the Texans could find their way to a backdoor cover because the Titans don't have Henry, don't have Julio Jones right now. But the Titans are going to win that game. It's matter by how much. Yeah, no, it's it's a risky move. I just don't I, – I see it maybe being like a, you know, the Titans are up three touchdowns and then the Texans get one late. I think they're going to win by 14. Okay. Your picks are on the board. I'm going to go up now. Pick number one. I'm going to go to the Steelers getting five and a half on Sunday night against the Chargers here. And this is one where I've seen the pattern this year has been that you fade the Steelers when they're favored. You take them when they're dogs. And the Chargers have done nothing of late to get into it. They're going to cover a number like this against a good Pittsburgh defense. I know Pittsburgh has some issues with the COVID list. May not have been back in this game, but I don't trust the Chargers at all here. The Chargers laid an egg against the Vikings last week. They should have won that game to find a way to lose it. I think Pittsburgh will make enough plays to be in this game. Even if they lose, it's by a field goal. So I'm going to take the point, take the Steelers, pick one. Yeah, I mean, has anybody been a weirder team to try to figure out than the LA Chargers. I mean, that we see them the first few weeks of the year and they are just playing dominant. And then like, what's what's going on out there with this team? You can't predict them. The Eagles come out and I, I'm just so, I'm so confused by what the Chargers are. Are they a playoff team? They've probably moved all over the power rankings. If you have to look from week one to wherever we are now in, uh, in week 11. So, I'm just so confused by that team. So good on you for picking the, you know, against them this week. All right, pick number one, pick number two. I'm going to the game of the week here. I'm going to take the Chiefs laying the two and a half home with the Cowboys. I think that last week was sort of the aha game. We're back and Kansas City came out. They're clicking on all cylinders right away. Patrick Mahomes looked very comfortable. They moved the ball up and down the field on the Raiders. I think they're coming home now. They got the Cowboys coming in. Arrowheads going to be going crazy. I think this is a spot where they come out and give you a gigantic effort, right? Don't we have to win by a field goal here? I think I'm going to get it out of Kansas City. I'm going to take, lay the points of the Chiefs, pick two. Okay, look, no issues with that at all. I think that that is um, very much a, a statement game. And um, I, now that I look at it with just seeing where, where those two teams are going, that makes a lot of sense to me. So good pick. All right, pick number three. I'm going to go heads up with you on one of yours. I'm taking the Panthers laying the three and a half against Washington. And I think... Washington's big effort came last week. I think they had their moment. They went out and they beat Tampa. They had the big Heineke moment where he's having all this moment. They had to go on the road to get smacked here by Carolina. Carolina's defense is legit. They're probably a much better unit than they saw against Tampa Bay last week. And Cam Newton, I think, is be a stabilizing force in this Panther offense because Sam Darnold was a turmoil machine. He was ruining the offense. He goes away for a game. All of a sudden, they are functional. They're moving the ball. They score a bunch of points. And Washington's defense has been bad. They just lost Chase Young for the year. So I'm going to go heads up. I'm going to take the three, lay the three and a half points of the Panthers in the last pick. Very fair. Uh, totally different way of looking at it. I, um, you know, obviously looking at just from a, a pure personnel standpoint right now, I mean, I, I've got to see a lot of P.J. Walker and a lot of Cam Newton just from, you know, P.J. Walker obviously being with the Colts for as long as he was on the practice squad, getting called up and down, and everybody's always been a fan of Cam Newton. So I, I just don't believe enough in either of those guys. Now, if you're saying, why do you believe in Tyler Henneke? I don't. I believe uh, that the coaching staff on the Washington football team is going to play conservative, and I don't trust enough in the Panthers coaching staff with them taking too many chances. So I could see this game being like really, really fun or really, really boring. And it's like, you know, 
you know, like 12-9 is finished, something like that. So, but good pick. I I don't blame you on this. I could be dead wrong. Cam Newton could rush for two touchdowns, and I'd look like an idiot. So, um, we'll see how this thing goes. All right, to reset the picks here, Dan's going with the Ravens laying five and a half at home against the Chicago Bears. I think actually that's in Chicago. The Titans laying ten and a half at home against the Houston Texans. The Washington football team getting three and a half against the Panthers. I'm going heads up on that Panthers pick. I'm taking Carolina laying the points, three and a half. The Chiefs laying two and a half at home against the Dallas Cowboys the game of the week. And the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday getting five and a half in LA against the Chargers. Those are your picks for week 11. We're going to be a quick turnaround here for week 12. The podcast will be out on Tuesday because Thanksgiving week. Trent Morial is hopping on here. talking about his Cowboys after that cheat game and getting ready for the Raiders on Thanksgiving. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's going to be a really good, fun Thanksgiving day of games. So it's going to yeah. be pretty cool. Yeah, my advice to anybody on Thanksgiving here, like turn on the game, turn on the football at 4 o'clock. You don't need to watch Bears-Lions first. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's probably. But then again, I also kind of think that that makes it fun, right? Let's see if the Lions will get one. Yeah, and that's a spot where they could get one because the Bears are not that good. I know, right? So as much as it's like it's a bad football game, there not there a PCU that still feels bad for Detroit? I don't know why I still have such a soft spot for that city, but they really need a win. And what better than with the whole world watching them on Thanksgiving? So. Yeah, and I mean, they're, they're, they've had some heartbreakers this year. They had a couple of kicks go against them with a gun, so you figure they're going to like, find their way into one. I don't know. I just I, I, I don't know why I care so much about Goff, but I'm just like, here's a guy who, you know, he didn't ask for all the attention that he got. He gets him to a Super Bowl, and it's like, you know, he's not he's got a decent arm. Is he the best player, best quarterback in the league? No, but like for him now to go to Detroit and not even have a win yet, it's crazy. I just I, I feel a little for the guy. All right. So. Well, I got you. I spent, I spent a few minutes. I got the hard knocks in season about your Colts. Yeah. So, you know, very excited to watch it last night. And I'll, I'll give you my two minute spiel on this. So I, I, I'm sorry that if a bunch of Colts fans out there were like, just really, really happy about all of this. I was excited when I heard that the Colts would be featured because we don't get a ton of media attention. But my biggest issue with what they did was, you know, Hard Knocks is supposed to give you something that you're not expecting. You're supposed to like have that feeling like, oh, you know what, let's let's, you know, watch. So, you know, whatever team and and here are some of the cool players on that team. And I have a different perspective about them now. Like I was never a Dak Prescott fan. And then I watched Hard Knocks and now I'm a Dak Prescott fan. So it's like last night, my expectations for this show was that the Colts were going to, it was going to give us something new. And instead what they gave us was the first 15 minutes of the show was a bunch of just recapped footage of how the Colts got to five, five. It was no, there was no storytelling. There was like a cheesy, you know, climb the mountain reference from Jim Irsay and Frank Reich. And then, you know, a bunch of video montage. And then all it did was just bring us all the way up to the week of the Jags. So I was like, wait a minute, all you used was footage of, you know, press conferences, stuff that as an avid fan, like I've already seen all of that stuff. Like they didn't even give us one ounce of the, of when we're 0-3, I wanted to know what was going on in the locker rooms. I wanted to know if guys were getting at each other. I wanted to know if Carson Wentz had to like rally the offense or was T.Y. Hilton, you know, forced to come back too early. They, they basically fast forwarded us all the way up in the first 15 minutes of the show. 
when I'm sitting here saying, I want to like in week three, I'm sitting there saying, okay, they're doing hard knocks. I can't wait to see what the camera comes up with. This is going to be really interesting. You know, we kind of blew it against the Seahawks. We blew it against the Rams. And then we get crushed by the Titans. You know, I want to know what's going on in that locker room. And they gave us nothing. All they gave us, Mike, was a bunch of babies and kids <laughs> and snot coming out of their noses and gender reveal parties. Like, is that all you're going to give us? I, we watched this for 50 minutes. And I feel like the only thing I understand is that Mark Lewinsky and uh, Ryan Kelly are both having baby girls, like, and that they're girl dads, <laughs> like that's all we get. And then we follow Darius Leonard who like, okay, if you were going to say on the Colts, who are the five people that they would probably feature, you probably would have said Darius Leonard, Carson Wentz. Um, I would have said Michael Pittman, Jonathan Taylor, and probably, you know, DeForest Buckner. Okay. So they gave us Wentz and a ton of Taylor, and then they gave us Darius Leonard and the Darius Leonard stuff is great, but I'm sorry. Like I just figured that they would, you know, kind of, you know, like get some real talk in this episode. And instead it's, you know, Darius Leonard, you know, talking about his hurt ankle and he's playing with his daughter and brushing her teeth. I mean, how long was that sequence, Mike, when, when Darius Leonard is literally just talking into a camera and brushing his daughter's teeth. I mean, I, I, that's really cute and all, but this is hard knocks. I want to see football. I want to see guys getting at each other because this is their jobs and their livelihood. I don't need to see them, you know, their two daughters high-fiving each other or trying to hug each other up in the press box. Like, I really don't care. I wanted to see what was going on in the field. I wanted to know if, you know, the defense was, there was like any tension between the coaching staff and any of the players. Like, what do you want to see from hard knocks? And I'm sorry. I just, I thought last night was a waste of my time because I didn't see anything new. And I really don't care too much about them all having an additional children. I really just, I'm sorry. I, I wanted Quentin Nelson yelling at, you know, Braden Smith, like you need to do a better job on the right side and hold the guys accountable for, for terrible pass blocking. Like that's the stuff I wanted to see. And of course we didn't get it. So I don't know. Yeah. Two things I want to tell you, the montage was definitely a weird choice because I, I understand that like we're dropping in week 11 and this is something where they couldn't do it from week one for whatever reason they wanted to, but I think that was a, certainly an odd way to do it. Maybe sort of like pick and choose. They're doing like a 10-minute montage. Oh, here's highlights from every game the Colts play this year. And you could look it up on YouTube. You didn't need us hard not to do that. I also right. think, like, did you, hmm. as a Jets fan, Mike, did you care to see a bunch of Colts highlights of just how they got everybody? You can take two seconds and see how they got to five and five. Yeah. You know, like, who cares about this stuff? I wanted the locker room. I wanted the personal stories. I wanted to, I wanted, you know, Chris Ballard sitting in his room looking at the board saying like, are we not good enough right now? Am I going to make a move at the trade deadline? Or like, I don't know. I, I'm just, what did you think? I think the problem with that was I think they tried to assume that just a casual viewer is coming in here and we need to get them up to speed where the Colts are quickly. But like, I don't think that the, the audience of this show is necessarily like unaware of football. I don't think there's the casual hard knocks being watched it just for the show and not knowing what's going on in the National Football League. I, I literally can't agree with you more. Diehard football fans watch, you know, hard knocks. I'm sorry, but like, you know, my mom's not going to watch hard knocks. It's just not a thing, right? Like she likes football, but she's not a diehard fan. And, you know, if they were trying to do the show for people like my mom, that's just not their direct audience. So I don't know, like, you know, people that everybody that I've talked to that, that says, Oh, did you watch this season of hard knocks? There's plenty of them that are football fans, but they don't watch the show. 
So, you know, they got a million other things on Netflix or whatever streaming service to watch and hard knocks just, they just don't care enough. So, you know, give the diehards what they want. Right. And like play to us a little bit more. It's, I, I feel like I can now like hear the narration in my head of what hard knocks is going to give us. It's going to give us, you know, somebody, you know, eating food or ordering food and somebody on like a bicycle or a tricycle going around. Like they're just silly little gag stuff and not so much of the nitty gritty football details. They're going to give us the kids. They're going to give us, um, you know, so-and-so volunteers at this place. They're, they're just not, they're giving us too much of the behind the scenes life stuff and not enough of the football stuff. Yeah, I mean, we got some good football stuff in there. I mean, there's not enough of it. I mean, we saw the special teams meeting where Zaire, where they broke down the punts block from protection of the Jaguars and said, hey, we're going to get one. Zaire Williams is going to get one. And they had a great foreshadow because he, he did block the punt in the actual game. I thought it was great they put that in there. We got no that way enough of that. probably like the one thing, right? They couldn't give us like one real offensive session where they talked about like, because it already happened. Like they give you the brief, like this is Trevor Lawrence. You know, he's got a strong arm, blah, blah, blah. The number one pick, but... But like, give us like a little bit of, you know, give us some of the conversation that happens between the players asking questions, what they're seeing on film. They, didn't it feel like if you broke down the episode, Mike, and it was 60 minutes long, didn't it feel like 40 of the 60 minutes was just like filler nonsense and family and maybe 20 minutes was focused on the actual football side of it? I'll give you credit that they did do the foreshadow thing. That was cool with Bubba Vitrone and, you know, the special teams group and Zaire Franklin did make that play. But, you know, other than that, what other memorable football thing came out of last night? There was not a lot. I feel they were focused more on trying to establish, like, the people that they were following. Like, you had Carson Wentz because, obviously, he, his wife had the baby the week, the week of the show airing. So they wanted to have that be the storyline. I think that's when they sort of got the idea, oh, we're going to do the baby thing. And it is went way too long with it. I thought we were going to get the Wentz thing and maybe we'd get, oh, like, so-and-so is having a baby. Then we'd have, and with the joke of Rigoberto Sanchez talking about his wife being later three hours and the, and the teammate making the complete, like, like horrified face. I thought that would have been a good way to end it, but we, I think we went too long beyond that. It was just a lot, you know, and also here's two big names that I was shocked that did not get featured in episode one. Like, if you're going to think of the Colts right now, right, you're going to think Quentin Nelson and you're going to talk T.Y. Hilton. Right. And you only briefly saw T.Y. I'm very, very surprised that we didn't get more T.Y. Obviously, it looks like episode two is all about Michael Pittman. But Quentin Nelson, apparently there's like, you know, on Colts Twitter, because obviously I follow every single media person and, and super fan of the Colts on Twitter. They all are talking that Quentin Nelson ha literally like wants nothing to do with the camera crew. <laughs> like yeah. he just wants to play football and then he wants to leave. Like and that's so big Q. But like. I just, that's somebody that I would love to see, like, is Quentin Nelson, like, friends with DeForest Buckner, and, like, the two, they're clearly the best offensive and defensive linemen, like, do they ever butt head, like, I'm, I want to see more of the dynamics between the guys in the locker room, and, and, like, that's the coverage that I loved from Hard Knocks, is seeing, like, who hangs with who, like, is the quarterback truly just kind of like beloved by everybody? I want more team dynamics than I do like family stuff. And, and, you know, once again, I'll take any piece of content because obviously we crave that stuff when it's our team, but hopefully episode two is more like, okay, how is this team moving forward? Yeah. I think this one, I think the problem I had with episode one, they're trying to do too much catch up and then trying to sort of introduce you to some of the key 
like players in the Colts. They're giving you personality. And I think I think you're getting more football now. You don't have to worry about a montage, your baby stuff. I think you're getting more of that going forward. They're trying to tell the story, but like everybody that is a football fan, like we said, knows the story. We didn't need the whole Frank Reich and and Carson Wentz connection story. I've seen that footage of them of him, Frank Reich calling Carson Wentz on draft day when he was with the Eagles like a million times. Every Colt fan has. They ran it on ESPN when they ran the story for what? Like a two weeks straight that Carson Wentz had been traded to the Colts. Like, you know, we've already seen all this stuff. And so we know the story and we know the whole Frank Reich and the faith connection to Carson Wentz and, you know, Frank Reich's the quarterback guru. We we all know it. And yet that ate up a bunch of the show as well. So I get they have to play to the whole fan base, but part of getting hard knocks is that you get to see your team. It's like, you know, the Cowboys fans got to see their team. The Raiders got to see their team. You know, the Chargers got to see their team. And it's like, you know, it should be a little fan servicey too. So give the Colts fans a little bit something uh, because nobody else really cares when it's not their team. Yeah, I was like, they're trying to figure out like what they want to do for in season because during the training camp, while they have all their stables, like, oh, we're going to talk about the guy who's trying to make the roster. We're going to talk about the first round draft pick. We're going to do all this. Whereas in season, you're not having these battles for starting jobs. It's like more of like, okay, here's how we go to the football week. I don't think they figured out yet exactly how they want to capture that. Yeah, right. Like, you know, so that's why I'm saying they have to give us what was the game plan. You know, as long as it's not a division rival, they have to play again where they're, they're going to, you know, expose footage. I'm sure that Chris Ballard and the coaching staff and the front office all like made very clear parameters of what the cameras could capture and what they can't. I'm just I'm just looking for like a little taste. I'm not looking for the whole, you know, filet. I'm just looking for a little bit of that juicy detail. You know, was there maybe a trade that Chris Ballard was considering? Was there, um, you know, is there a free agent that they brought in? Show us like, you know how they always talk about like teams bringing in a guy for a yeah. workout and then like sometimes he gets signed or not. Like I know the Colts brought in like, like at least three or four different guys. I think there was one um, Jack Doyle was hurt or whoever it was. They brought in a wide receiver to train. They did a couple corners, like show us what those workouts look like and give us something that's like mid season that, that is a little bit like you've never seen before. So I don't know. It just, that seemed like just not what I was, I had lower expectations, but at the same time, like I, I was hoping for something that would catch my eye and really nothing did. Yeah. Well, we'll see going forward. Cause they're going to have this series of the rest, as long as the Colts are playing football. So the Colts make yeah. a Super Bowl will have some higher box through February, but I, we will definitely get at least through week 18. We have another, another like eight episodes of hard knocks still ahead of us. It looks like. Yeah. And that's really exciting to me that I get that little bit of extra, like Colt, uh, you know, fix each week rather than just listening to the three podcasts that I follow. So, um, it, it's, it's once again, I think this is a really cool thing. I think now if we do start getting really cool footage and the, all those things that I kind of ranted on, um, I'm going to feel kind of bad, but at the same time, I'm going to kind of cherish this because I'm sure if this goes over, okay, they're going to, they probably won't come back to the Colts for a long time. So they'll go to other teams and try it there. So um, the Colts are a very safe pick to do all this. Cause once again, they're, they don't really have too many kind of weird situations like what's going on with Deshaun Watson or any of those other guys. So 
they are pretty straightforward and uh, they're, you know, it seems like it's just going to be kind of wholesome content for the next seven weeks or eight weeks. It could be worse. I mean, they also picked a team to end up in the playoff on every game matters. I and mean, it could be worse. They could have picked like the Dolphins, picking the Dolphins on a big year. And all of a sudden they're, th- they're three and seven. Yeah, you know, you're right. I and mean, I think we've seen that before. We've seen like, you know, team that was on hard knocks and they had just an awful year, but everybody thought they were going to be good. You're right. The Colts are going to be good TV because they're going to go, you know, five and six, then they'll go six and six, then they'll go seven and six, then they'll go eight and six, then they'll go eight and seven. And like the, this back and forth of can they get just enough wins will uh, should make for fun TV. You're right. Yeah, that. for sure. Dan, thanks for all the time. I really appreciate it. Before I let you go, I'll you follow all these shows from EQ on some of the stuff you're up to. Sure. Um, you can follow me at, uh, at DMART 207. Um, the golf, I was up, uh, at the RSM classic earlier this week. Um, so we are, this is the last, you know, PGA tour event of the fall of 2021. So I'm sure I'll be back on with you to talk golf in 2022 when we start, um, out in Hawaii. For sure. Dan, thanks for all the time. I really appreciate it. Thanks Mike. All right. That will do for this week's show. I want to thank my guest, Dan Martini, for coming on to talk Colts football, make the picks, do the hard knocks, and more. If you're all like this podcast, including my look at the movie Shang-Chi, I finally got to see it. I've been busy, guys. I'm sorry. I did get to it. I left my review on the blog. Check it out over at suffering.wordpress.com. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, Google Play, all the usual suspects. Simply search for Just End the Suffering, your favorite podcast platform. You can find all episodes there. Feel free your feedback and starring as well. They'll make the podcast even better going forward. Check out the YouTube page. Mike Phillips on YouTube. Individual conversations from this episode will be up on the YouTube page. You can check that out there. So follow me on Twitter at mphillips331. That's M-P-H-I-L-I-P-S-3-3-1. And that will do for this week on the podcast. Come next week. We're getting ready for Thanksgiving here. We'll do some Jet football. Talk about the Jets. Week 12 picks and more. Until then, we have a better week than the Raiders fans. This has been the Just End the Suffering Podcast. I'm out.